Welcome to the Sparked Podcast, a place to keep your spark bright. Here, I've brought together my juiciest mindset bites and tips from the last 10 plus years in psychology, business, and leadership development to help you unlock your unique gifts, activate your highest potential, find your purpose, and kickstart that passion led business. Here, I hope to inspire belief in what's possible for you because it all is so ridiculously possible. I hope that this podcast sparks something new for you, a new idea, a new belief, or perhaps a light bulb moment that changes the trajectory of your life forever. My name is Emma Campbell. I'm a purpose and performance coach, mama to two, wine lover, surfing tryhard, stubbornly optimistic child at heart, and also the creator of my signature 4P Spark framework designed to unlock your spark. I'm here to give you permission to be the person you were before the world told you who you should be to own your true self and set the vision for your life and soak up all of that awesomeness that this beautiful world has to offer because that's what we're all here for, right? Big love. See you in the podcast. So excited to introduce this episode to you. Jani and I had such a good laugh on this one. Jani is the first on a series of people that you're going to hear from over the next month who have found purpose in their lives and careers and turned their passions into flourishing businesses. And the reason that I wanted to share these different episodes with you is to show you that it too is possible for you. It is so totally possible to make a successful career and business out of what you truly love and to find real purpose in that. The only thing getting in your way is fear or limiting beliefs. And the good news is that fear and limiting beliefs can totally be changed, totally be changed. So I'm about to introduce Jani right now. She's the first in this little series that I'm doing called the Changemakers series. And they are people who are doing incredible things in this world, who have turned their passions into flourishing businesses and who are truly making a difference. So Jani, Jani has worked in Monaco, Nairobi and London covering jobs from super yacht management to advertising. And in 2019, she returned home to little old Perth, where she became the co-founder and CMO of a tech startup. And today she runs Club Shuckers, which is a women's only surfing club where no one can surf. (laughs) And a a club of which I'm a very, very proud member. And that's where I got to meet Johnny. So without further ado, I'm going to move into the podcast episode itself. I hope you really enjoy. And Johnny's story is an interesting one. She gives so many awesome tips on how you too, if you're feeling a little bit stuck in your career or just feeling like something needs a bit of a shift, 
she gives some great tips for how she managed to make the pivot in her life in to get into a into the lane of flow and freedom and ease so i hope you really enjoy here's johnny hello johnny so lovely to have you on board welcome you welcoming you on board the sparked podcast and uh, just to let a few of the listeners know, Jani and I have just been having a little chat before, before getting started, getting to hear all about Jani's journey, about getting to start a beautiful new little organisation called Club Shuckers, which I'm going to let Jani talk a little bit more about. Um, and to give you a bit of background, Jani and I met uh, probably for the first time down at down at Trig Beach, I believe it was. And anyway, um, got introduced to Johnny down at the beach, and uh, we've been good friends ever since. Getting to hit the waves and um, getting to be part of this incredible organisation called Club Shuckers. So before I before I go into it um, too much, maybe a a super quick intro, um, just saying hello would be amazing. Hi, Jani. Hey, um, thanks for having me on. I'm super stoked to be here. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So we're going to jump into a bunch of questions where I get to hear all the juicy details about how you got to start this incredible little company. Did you want to, did you want to give a bit of a quick overview of who Club Shuckers is and what it's all about to sort of um, set a bit of context about um, what you're doing? Yeah, so we're uh, the women's only surfing club where no one can surf. So <laughs> basically we're using a bit of humour to take away any pressure that you have to be able to surf to do it or you have to have any knowledge about surfing to get in the water. And at Club Sharkers, that's just not true. I mean, it can be the first time you pick up a board can be the first time at Club Sharkers and you're welcome and you're up for a good time. The community vibes are so high that um, it doesn't matter. As long as you get in the water, you got a wedding, you got a board and you got a few bucks for coffee, you're in the club. Yeah, yeah. Or even if you don't have a few bucks for coffee and you actually forget to pay for your <laughs> coffee once after... <laughs> Johnny may have had to cover my coffee. <laughs> we do everything at Club Sharkers. Do that you do. Oh, thank you so much for that little intro. Um, we're going to dive further into everything about Club Sharkers and the purpose and the mission behind it. But before I do that, one of the things that I really like to do because I'm all about understanding your purpose and your passion and and really getting a feel for like where your purpose and your passion emerges from like what gets us on our path and what are those little clues and those little breadcrumbs that we can start to get a, a little bit of a sense of um, sometimes when we even when we look back on our path and one of the questions that I love to ask is Johnny what was what was your like childhood? and upbringing like like where did you grow up I feel like you're quite an quite an international person I just get this sense of that I would love to know a little bit about like what did you love to do as a kid like give us a little bit of a sense of that yeah um I love that you think I'm an international person <laughs> that is so fabulous um but 
as a kid, I was a massive tomboy. Um, and we, I was just so into sport, loved it, uh, loved playing footy, loved playing roller hockey um, in the street. I loved making things like for my eighth birthday, I wanted a soldering iron. Like I just absolutely wanted one so I could make these like metal bugs that I'd seen on like better homes and gardens. And, you know, I got one, burnt the hell out of my fingers, but just loved it. And, um, and I was always up to something, you know, I was always sort of selling lemonade with my best mate uh, or working out if I raked the leaves in every house on the street for two bucks, I'd get 40 bucks and all the lollies I could buy for 40 bucks. And, you know, so I was always up to something. <laughs> that is so great. So great. Already calculating how many lollies you can buy through a combination of raking leaves and selling lemonades. Yeah, so, it was so good. It was the dream business plan, wasn't it? <laughs> so would you say from quite a young age, you kind of had this little, um, you may, may not have called it entrepreneurial back then, but you had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit within you. Yeah, I love the creativity and entrepreneurship. And I think that was coming through as a kid. You know, you didn't have to play by the rules in entrepreneurship. You can uh, make your own to get to a really cool destination that you want to go to. Um, and that's where I think it started as a kid. You know, if you rake leaves, you can buy lots of lollies and it's awesome. Amazing. I think that's going to have to be that the key quote from this podcast. <laughs> you rake leaves so you can buy lollies and it's awesome. You're bang on. <laughs> so cool. And I, I love getting a little sense, like I can totally see you as a kid just like burning down the street on your bike, you know, yeah, kicking yeah. your footy, making things, like being a bit of a tomboy. I was 100% the same as a kid as well. Like just all, all the fun things as a kid to me seemed like the things that the boys would do. I feel like that's really changing as well. And I, I, I get a sense that the, the mission behind Club Shuckers is a little bit related to that. Yeah, yeah. It's all about, um, it's just about taking down any rules or, or expectations around it that anyone can do this. This quite intimidating sport um, doesn't need to be intimidating and if you provide an environment that's full of humor and fun and people having a crack uh it just it just creates this you know perfect little environment that everyone's welcome at so true it's so true and I have definitely witnessed that as well never before have I felt like I've been given so so much permission to just be myself yeah. and at, and at heart I am the biggest tomboy in the world like and an absolute dork with just no style who who rocks on down the beach with Betty the Beast you know hoping for the best ready to give it a crack and that is the culture that you've created so oh that's so amazing and I'm I'm really um curious about this concept of like you know overcoming what makes something quite intimidating and I wonder if if you've got any thoughts on like what is it about surfing or some of these sports that that makes it so intimidating? Like what's what's that scary thing that stops girls from getting in the water? I think it comes down to a 
bit of what we see in pop culture. Um, you know, these sports like skateboarding and surfing, um, you know, all the majority of the images are dudes. And when you see chicks, um, like occasionally Roxy and, you know, uh, other Billabong and that stuff, um, the chicks are still depicted like these ripped women in bikinis and this um, intimidating, you know, look that just isn't what the sport is actually about. And it comes from the surf culture is such a beautiful culture. It's so much about mind, body, soul, and it's about everyone being involved. And I think pop culture has ripped that, that innocence away from it and built up these walls to kind of make it sexier and harder to get into and more aspirational when it's, it's none of that. Mm, amazing. I think you're, you're so right. And so what I'm hearing is that part of, part of the mission of Club Shuckers is bringing a bit of the real world to, yeah. to the real soul and, you know, moving away from this concept of what pop culture has really started to, to populate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had a chick today at the surf that um, had got this raggedy old wetsuit. It was falling apart, but no one cared. And everyone was just stoked that she was there, you know, and that's all that mattered, that she was there. Um, and just she just had the best time. Oh, that's so cool. And, you know, like really celebrating you and acknowledging Club Shuckers for like I, I, if I can quote myself, one of the sentences that I've said many times when getting down the beach is that my definition of success when I get down to the beach with my surfboard is literally getting in the water. Like whether I catch a wave, whether anything good happens at all, my definition of success is whether I rocked up, whether I jumped in that relatively icy cold water and, you know, that that's the culture that I think Club Shuckers has, has created is like, are you there? Are you ready to give it a crack? Whether you catch a wave, that's a bit of a bonus. You probably will because of your attitude. But that's, oh, that's just so awesome. Yeah. I mean, we've got a beautiful little saying that it's fun first and surf second. So if you're having fun, you know, the, the surf will then come. And it, again, it comes back to that no pressure. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Now, Johnny, so I got to hear a little bit about your childhood. So obviously you've had this little bit of a, um, a beautiful tomboy uh, spirit within you, as well as that entrepreneurial knack from a relatively young age. Um, what, what got you to Club Shuckers? Like what, what got you to, to kicking this thing off and, um, you know, really ramping it up? Tell us a bit about that story and that journey. Well, it's, um, I kind of, well, I don't know if actually I think Club Shuck has almost stumbled into my life. Uh, mm, I had things do, right? Right, it really did. And I was, you know, you're not looking for it and then it's like, bang, here it is. Um, but it kind of started was I had co-founded a company um, in Perth uh, with a friend after returning from London. And so I, 10 months into this, starting this company, I just hit burnout I couldn't concentrate I was exhausted I wasn't enjoying it anymore um I just I just hit a wall and I ultimately I had to resign and walk away which is a really difficult decision oh wow that would have been tough yeah and I 
you know, I went through the whole like, oh my God, you know, this company was everything to me. Now I've lost it, you know, all through those emotions, um, you know, nothing good's going to happen again. Uh, and then I had to start moving forward. And how I did that was I started joining lots of community groups like uh, Cold Nips, which we go for a swim every Wednesday morning. And again, this whole thing that everyone's welcome. It's amazing. And then I joined another one, 440, which is a run club. And every Saturday morning at 5.25 in the morning, we meet up, go for a run, go for a swim and have coffee. Again, it's community, no expectation, just fun. And through these groups, I met a bunch of girls over coffee saying, hey, I want to surf, you know, but it's intimidating and I don't know where to go and I can't read a surf report and I've got this board that's kind of my boyfriend's board and so I can kind of use it, but I don't know how to use it. And, you know, we're like, well, why don't us just go? You know, we're all friends. We can all act like idiots. You know, this idea, there's no expectation. That formed um, an Instagram little chat with about five people in it. Um, and then a few more chicks were like, hey, can I be part of this, you know, surf thing? I think we called it like surfy chicks or something, the chat. And um, then I got excited and my little entrepreneurial buzz came on and I entered us into this social enterprise competition in Perth and that allowed us to sort of say okay every Tuesday and Thursday we're going to surf um, these are the reasons we're doing it is for fun connection and a place of safety to learn to surf um, and anyone can come so that really started you know it moving and getting more momentum um, and then that's how it just started growing and it's been super organic. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I really, really love that. Uh, thank you for sharing. I, I want to like take, like rewind the tape, the cassette player, um, <laughs> just ever so slightly to hear a little bit about, uh, one of the pieces that you mentioned there, which was almost what I call sometimes like, but like the, the trigger before the spark yep. actually erupts. And that's that kind of, not, not to bring you back into the pain, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to talk about that moment that you knew things weren't working for you, because yep. what, can, what can so often happen is like, when we're in the place that things are good, we're like, yeah, things, things are great. Like, of course, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, this is so fun and things feel so great and aligned and all of that. And that it's often when things are a bit blurry and they feel a bit hard and it's that, that time kind of pre-burnout. Yeah. That there's some telltale signs there that sometimes we can ignore. Yeah. Um, and that if we ignore them for so long, that sometimes that that's what actually leads to the burnout, and we don't we don't we don't always need the burnout, right? Like in order to make a change, but often it's like life throws like a pebble at pebble at us. We don't we don't listen to it. No. Throws another rock. We don't listen to it, and then the brick <laughs> hits us in our head, and we're like, "All right, all right, I'll take the hint. I'll move on." Yeah. So I'd I'd love to hear a little bit about like when you were with that other company that you started up. Um, like feel free to, to give an overview of the company, but, you know, not relevant here. Um, to tell us a little bit like about what was going on before burnout that made you know 
that that wasn't going to be the right place for you, that things maybe weren't aligned? Yeah, I think it was um, pure resistance in everything I did. Yes, you know, so interesting. Tell me more. There was no uh, flow. There was no magic. There was no um, ease. And I think they're all three elements we take for granted when it's when it's happening, right? You think, oh, God, you know, whatever, I'm having a good day. But when they're removed um, consistently over days and months, it really starts to add up to something. And I think if you don't change, you don't pivot, um, that's when the brick gets thrown at your head. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, you know, no, you said there, no flow. Yeah. No magic, no ease. Yeah. Would you, would you say that's what you're like, you're experiencing the opposite of that now, like flow, magic and ease, like in, 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 in terms of club shuckers and the direction it's going? Oh, it sounds like a self-help book. Um, <laughs> um, I would, and I, I honestly would, because it does have this magic to it. I know that's quite a childish word, but it does. So favourite word. It's, it's my favourite word in the whole world. It's fantastic. And um, it's this organic thing that I seem to be helping along as opposed to pulling along. So it, I really listen to the community. I listen to the people it's serving because it's so important to, to Club Shuckers is that it's serving these people um, and it's not serving an ego. So listening to the community, listening to what they want, um, and serving that brings the ease, brings the flow and creates the magic. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I just want to repeat what was a bloody little brilliant quote that just came out there. Serving the people, not an ego. Yeah. Serving the people, not an ego. Oh, that's just a beautiful grounding anchor. I think that, um, you know, so many more companies could have out there, right? When yeah. you serve a purpose or you serve the people, not, not the personalities um, yeah. at the top of the company, everything just flows beautifully, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so knowing what you know now <laughs> and knowing that you've obviously, you know, made a decision that's really got you on a beautiful, a beautiful track, what do you feel like it was that was like the final straw for you that like that prompted that prompted the change? Like what sparked that change in the end? Um, it was, you know, like a good hard look in the mirror. Like, yeah. are you really happy doing this? So, yeah, Johnny, you're ticking boxes, you know, you're co-founder of this really cool startup and, you know, you've just come back from London and, you know, all this great stuff um, outside of me was happening, but inside I was... I wasn't doing so great. I was struggling to, to find that flow and struggling to find the ease. Uh, and I think I got to the point where something had to change. It was really like at that point where there wasn't much room to move anymore, a pivot had to be made. And the pivot was, I'm going to take some time off and focus on fun things. And then those fun things led to Club Sharkers. Amazing. And it's ridiculous how often I hear stories of the time off piece or when we create some form of space 
Yeah. And we and we prioritize things like fun yeah. over success that everything just starts to fall into place and actually we end up getting all the success that we could have ever wanted anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it like double, you know, you double down in the success factor when you approach it like that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so just to to reflect back a couple of the things that I heard there. So it looked, it sounded like it was all good on the outside. So on the outside, it looked like success, but on the, but on the inside, something felt a bit off, like something wasn't there and that that's what was kind of the the ultimate trigger to to take some action. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you sort of question like, really? Like, is this, is this, you know, all it's meant to be? Um, you know, yeah. ticking these boxes kind of thing. Yeah. And I sort of came to the conclusion that, you know, no, it's not. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Well, celebrating you for, for taking, taking the step because that's, that's the scary bit, right? It is so scary. <laughs> Why? Because this is what I do and I'm an, I'm an evil coach and podcast interviewer. Um, I would like to hear a little bit more about some of those fears that popped up because if there's one thing that I know to be true it is that our mindset can either be the most empowering like incredible force that can propel us forward or if we have a a fear or a doubt or perhaps a limiting belief about you know our capabilities or our talent if that's not aligned for us or not working for us, that it can keep us stagnant, that it can keep us pretty stuck. And we, we stay in this, in this place of like frustration and um, you know, where there's no flow, there's no magic, there's no ease. And so I'd love to hear, like, we all have them, like none of us are perfect. What, what were some of those, either those fears or those doubts or those limiting beliefs that, that you experienced and that you had to overcome and move through to, to kind of, you know, get to where you are now? Yeah, I think, um, I guess one of the biggest fears was, oh my God, what is everyone going to think of me? You know, what is, what are other people going to think when I have to resign and I'm taking time off and I don't have the answer to, so what do you do? That was a big one for me. I didn't have the answer to what do you do, you know, and it was I do nothing at the moment, you know. I take time off and, you know, I'm having fun and, you know, you get some strange looks when you, when you say that. So that was a huge thing, I think, and it really hit my ego quite a bit, um, not having that answer um, and not knowing when I was going to get an answer, you know. I didn't know when that time was going to come when it said oh actually I do blah blah and I didn't know what it would be so that was a lot of fear would I ever find my spark or my thing again um and it was just that that period of gray not knowing following your gut day by day sort of thing oh my gosh amazing um so following your gut what, what does that look like to you? Because that, that sounds like if there was something that, you know, I mean, that, that first of all, that sounds like a really tricky period because it sounds like you were sitting in a whole, a whole heap of uncertainty. Yeah. Like 
a lot of a lot of trust that things are going to work out a lot of oh shit I don't have the answers like I I don't I don't know what the next step of my path is going to look like and that there was a lot of trusting of your gut so how do you do that how do how does one do that um (laughs) you know what you surround yourself by really good people and you listen to them you know not all advice is equal and so listening to the people that have your best interest at heart so when you're uncertain and when you don't have all the answers you've got people around you that say that doesn't matter anyway you know what matters is that you rock up and you have coffee with me and you rock up and you're at the first birthday of my daughter it's not that you have an answer to what your career is or if you're in a relationship or if you've bought a house yet. It's, um, it's surrounding yourselves with the people that truly value you. And that's how I sort of got through that uncertainty stage is doing that and listening to the right people. Mm, so not necessarily knowing the full path or the full plan because none of us do, right? Yeah. But, it's, but it sounds like you you're really keyed on to those little, those little breadcrumbs, those little steps and just took each one as they were presented to you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know who the right people are for you? Like, because I think this is, this is a really important one because often when we're at a crossroads, particularly with our careers, like, Oh, I don't really love what I do here. I'm thinking about starting this new path. I don't, I don't know if it's the right thing for me. The head and the heart, you know, are battling like crazy. Like the head's like, no, stay where you are, you idiot. This yeah. is the safest place for you. You know, this is security. This is an income, all the things. The heart's yelling out like, let's go try something new. I know you're meant for more than this. And so you get stuck in such indecision that you end up looking outside of you to all the people around you for answers to something that ultimately really the answers are within. So how do you know who the right people to listen to are so that you don't get overwhelmed? Yeah, I think my method was highly complex and (laughs) what what it involved was if I felt good after spending time with that person, then that's who I listen to. And that doesn't mean they say they're a yes person and they say yes to everything and they just agree with me or whatever. Um, it's those people that give, you know, really great advice and they kind of help you in a new direction. Uh, and you just feel good after spending time with them. And if I didn't get that, then I spent less time with them. Very good. And the simplest things in life are often the best, aren't they? I love, I love that. So following, following what feels good. Yeah. And I think it comes back to um, your instinct, right? Something that kind of gets taken away from us. You know, we lose trust in it as we get older, but it comes back to, you know, listening to inside and what's really going on. And your instincts are pretty spot on if you're listening. So true. So true. And what I have noticed from from personal experience as well as from working with a few clients along the way is that it's like anything else in life and that the more that we work it just like a muscle the more that that instinct or that intuition 
or that that gut that gut knowing it gets stronger and stronger right like the more that we give it a little bit of airtime the more that we give it a little bit of awareness and focus the the greater that muscle builds yeah amazing and i'm curious to know like so one of your one of your fears and this is a really really common one and that's why i wanted to ask a little bit more about it is that fear of like what will other people think if i do this like you know, who might I disappoint or what might people think if I quit this job or if I move on and I do something different? How did you, how did you tackle that? Um, It took me a while to tackle that because I put, I so embedded my ego into that answer, um, into, into that sort of feeling of uh, not knowing and not being certain, right? So Again, I, I hung out with people that made me feel good while I gave myself enough time to become comfortable with it. And that took some time, right? So, you know, I just kept sheltered by some beautiful people while I worked through being okay with the uncertainty. And that's a big lesson I've learned is giving yourself enough time and space to breathe. Um, and just surround yourself with those good people. Honestly, that's the recipe I used. Amazing. Amazing. I, I don't think there's too much more to it really, is there? Yeah. I, might, I might be out of a job, but I think you're, you're bang on. It's, <laughs> it's, it's time, it's space, and it's good people, right? Yeah. And it really can be as, as simple and magic as, and easy as that. Mm. And I think it's really, really interesting when you talk about, you know, this concept of, ego particularly like around what we do because if there's one thing that we probably wrap our identity around more than anything in the world it's our status or it's our role title or it's our achievements right Mm -hmm. it's like this this belief or this attachment that our worth is linked to what we do yeah as opposed to who we are at a deeper level. And so it sounds like from an outside point of view, it sounds like you went through quite a shift yeah. in, in shifting your concept of, of who your identity was. And that's pretty big. Yeah, that was a massive thing for me. I think because since I was 18, you know, I worked, my first job was in Monaco and then I worked in London and France and stuff. So I, I always attributed, you know, a bit of my worth to the, the question, what do you do? And I used to have some effing cool answers um, and then suddenly I didn't. And so I had to readjust that thinking of if I don't have that anymore, you know, then, then what is it? And what it came back down to, like you said, is that it, it truly does come with, within and it forces you to look within and find that. And that's where, you know, the happiness and the ease and the magic and the flow all come from is um, not the link to your title or something external. It comes from actually being cool with what's going on inside. So true. It's so true. And it's, and it's really interesting because if we wrap our identities around what we do, we're all good as long as 
we keep achieving, right? As long as we keep doing doing lots of cool things that look really cool, then our identity stays really happy. Yeah. But if those things start to shift, then that's when our identity can start to shift. And that's often what can become that trigger or that spark to, to force us to start to look inwards and, and look for something new. So amazing, amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing, Jani. Um, and thanks for sharing how you move through it as well because there's some bloody big, you know, limiting beliefs and fears and um, it sounds like you move through them really beautifully with time, space and ease, of course. <laughs> Question for you. Yeah. Knowing, knowing that you've kind of got this like little entrepreneurial spirit since a little young'un, what do you think the, the key or one of the secret ingredients to, to making it is in kicking off a, a passion-led startup or a passion-led business? Got to say probably number one, doing it for the right reasons. Number two is knowing when to grit and when to quit. So that's Adam Grant came up with that, not me. But um, it's this thing that when you start something, you must finish it and you must finish it in the way that you planned on starting it. And, you know, if you change, you failed. So I think if you start with the good intention and starting for the good reasons and use that as your anchor and then move towards your goal, allowing yourself to push through and grit really tough times, but then understanding it's okay to, to pivot and to move and also go, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit this little bit because it's no longer efficient and it's no longer laddering up because guess what? The world changes and people change. So you have to give yourself permission and not beat yourself up when, when you make that move and you, you quit or you grit or you move forward, but that permission to, to be flexible. Amazing. Amazing. And having your little criteria, right, for what, what actually feels like, just to quote you back, uh, flow magic and ease and if things aren't feeling like flow magic and ease then maybe that's the little little signal that it's time to quit yeah <laughs> and it's true you know it sounds like such a cop-out it almost sounds like a kindy teacher would tell you that right but it's um <laughs> I swear to god there's something to it <laughs> yeah. 100% and I'm really interested in that first point that you said there is um, starting something for the right reasons. Tell me a bit more about that. God, I think we can start. Well, personally, I know I've started so many things for the wrong reasons. So What's the wrong reason? Well, a wrong reason is like a main one is because it sounds cool, you know? Like I'm going to do this because it sounds cool, not because I want to do it or I like it or any of that, um, which was a big one. And I think if you jump off the starting blocks with that, it, it doesn't work out because you get bored and you lose your passion and you, you need that, that spirit of fun and excitement to kind of get through those tough times. And that, those elements don't come if you're chasing something because it's cool. Yeah, true, true. It sounds like it's coming back to that whole that ego or um, some of the external elements. Yeah. 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 Oh, so cool. Thank you. And I would love to know, like, what, 
Tell us about what it's like to be in the life of Jani these days. What does a typical day <laughs> for you look like when you're running a surf company? <laughs> oh, God. It's, you know what? It's, yeah. I'm picturing cappuccinos and catching some gnarly shandies. And just in case you don't know what shandies means, because many surfers have told me they actually don't know what this what this, <laughs> this cool surf lingo word means, which I was taught by a, surf, a surfer. Shandy means a chandelier, like when you're going through like a tunnel type wave and then it like curls over and it um, glistens through the, the sun. That's my my real like non-expert description of Shandy. <laughs> so that yeah, tell beautiful. us about your day. <laughs> um, you know what? It changes every day, but the, the week is kind of made up of two surfs a week with our community. Um, then we look at ways we run workshops and we run uh, surf trips. So it's working with local partners to deliver really great experiences for our community that progress their surfing and they have fun in. Um, and then, you know, the social media side of it as well. So it's really, re it all revolves around the community and serving them. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, so cool. And then just throw in a few cappuccinos and cocktails occasionally. Definitely. Definitely. This Saturday, there'll be plenty of cocktails, I reckon. And straight. <laughs> Amazing. I've got one last question for you. What's, like, if you... If you were to describe like your natural strengths, like what what do you think your natural like secret superpower is, and and when do you think you started to develop that? I think uh, <laughs> that's a really tricky question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> is um, probably not waiting for perfection and going for progress. Mm. So that. That one is probably a lesson I learned recently and it has allowed so much more to happen. Um, and it doesn't mean you get it right, but it means you get there, I would say, almost faster because you're allowing yourself to fail. You're allowing yourself to learn. You're not beating yourself up about it. And then you get to a way, just a way better place you know, that you couldn't have predicted from the beginning with the information you had. So don't wait for everything to line up. Just go for it and have some fun. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much. You're speaking my language with the progress, not perfection mantra, of course, as well. <laughs> I want to know, um, is there anything else that you would like to share? Anything that you feel like I've missed? Um Anything that you feel like our listeners might like to know about you guys or, or where we can find you? Um, yeah, well, number one, I would love your listeners to come join us for a surf and experience Club Shackers firsthand. It is, uh, it's honestly, I know, you know, I run the club, so I'd say this anyway, but it is so much fun. And the girls are amazing. The community is sensational. All you have to do is bring a board, a weddie, a few bucks for coffee and that's it um that's all there is to it so I just welcome everyone if you want to join the community um, in other ways we run workshops which you can find on our website um, and we're going to do a trip in October and December so everyone is welcome to that as well what, what sort of trip is that one so that's going to be we do surf trips and not surf retreats so 
we're a little more frozen margaritas watching the sunset and a little less kombucha. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going down that route um, and we couldn't be more excited to put it together with some awesome surf instructors and surf theory lessons and, you know, drinks and fun and sunsets and sunrises. Oh my gosh, sounds like an absolute dream. And I can definitely vouch for all of that. There's on the days that I've uh, had a little surf before I've hit the office or, or <laughs> headed to my, my home office are the days that I just feel like I'm absolutely buzzing. And just a little fun side fact is I was speaking to a neuroscientist the other day, just as you do. And I was telling him about how I've recently started surfing. And he was informing me about how surfing is actually one of like the healthiest things that you can do for not only your body, but also for your brain because of all of the neurochemicals that are released when your body hits the water, how it stimulates the vagal nerve, the fact that you're actually getting physical exercise is always a good one for our bodies. And apparently when you look at the, um, the sunset or like the sunrise, when you're looking at like that kind of level field, um, some of the messages that kick off in your brain, like stimulates dopamine and so many things. And he was just listing out all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I, I was going to go anyway, but now you've just given me even extra ammunition. So if anyone needs like a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a little bit of extra cheer in the morning, while it can sometimes be a bit hard to first put your toe in the water afterwards, it's just an absolute dream. It is. It's sensational. Everyone should experience it. 100%. Well, thank you so much, Yanni. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Oh, pleasure. Bye. See ya. Question for you. Have you unlocked your unique zone of genius? Do you even know what a unique zone of genius is? If you don't know what it is, there's a good chance that you probably haven't unlocked yours yet. And if you want to know what your unique zone of genius is, it's where your purpose, your passion, your potential and possibility all come together. It's literally where you come alive. It is you in your highest power. It is you in effortless abundance, and it is you achieving results without even trying. It's you in your most natural essence and your most natural state. And it's you at your highest capacity to make wild, wild amounts of wealth. This is what your unique zone of genius is. And when you crack it, when you find it, it is the most freeing, powerful and incredible zone of genius and skill that you can ever take ownership of. And I have created a quiz which gives you clarity on whether you have indeed unlocked yours yet. I'm going to drop that link to take the free five minute zone of genius quiz in the link below. And one other thing is if you want to get a taste of what it's like 
to potentially work with me in unlocking your spark, in finding your biggest passion, your truest passion and your highest potential, in connecting to your dream life and designing your dream life and activating your biggest, biggest vision. If you want to awaken your highest potential and meet your highest future self and crack open your unique genius and spark your ultimate magic, then I'm going to be running a three-day bender, which is a purpose party in just a few weeks time. And I would absolutely love to have you there. I'm going to drop the link for the purpose party in the, in the show notes below as well. And I really look forward to having you there.